Welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets and Happy New Year 2021. My name is Lisa Beyer and I will be your host. Today's guest of our first episode of 2021 is Megan Foster. Megan was the former econ editor of the Today Show and she is going to share with us all the behind the scenes do's and don'ts of how to pitch, how to write an email pitch when it comes to ecom and more. Welcome Megan Foster. She's going to share all of her social PR secrets. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. I'm happy to introduce you to Megan Foster. Hey, Megan, how are you? I'm doing well, Lisa. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Hanging in there. It's almost the end of the year. I'm looking forward to it. Even the craziness of the holiday season makes everything a little more difficult, but pushing through it. And I hope you're doing the same. Yeah, definitely. So by the time our <laughs> listeners are um, listening to this episode, it's we're, we're actually going to be saying Happy New Year. So I think we're all going to be happy that 2020 is over and we're in a new year. Yeah, yeah. There's some hope there for sure. <laughs> so um, we met when we were um, pitching one of our clients earlier this year before the pandemic. And you um, formerly you were with um, Today Show as the associate commerce editor. And we were trying to get one of our products, you know, considered to be featured and we followed you, you know, through the pandemic and um, now here we are. And, you know, it's just interesting to get a perspective on the journalist side of things, especially TV journalism and how, how it works behind the scenes. If you're launching a new um, e-com product brand or you're on the PR agency side of things, but before we get into it, just tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started and what your journey has looked like. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's worth saying that I never even thought I would be in the media industry in the first place. I actually went to the University of Colorado and I had a degree in psychology and business, which was very different from media. Um, And I fully intended on going into marketing. But through some serious soul searching, through some mentorship, I found myself in the media industry, and I am very grateful for that. So I started off my career working in production, actually, which really fueled that creative side that I had been kind of suppressing for the longest time. And while I loved that experience, I really did miss the business aspect of my life, something that, you know, I thought was going to be a huge part of my life. Well, fast forward a year and I found myself working in e-commerce for a large publication in New York City. And, you know, what was really neat about this is all of a sudden I could combine my passion for writing and my creative side with my love for business. And that's all that e-commerce was about. Um, Digiday, you know, they released an article a couple of years ago. Um, that said somebody who works in commerce is one part editor and one part salesperson. And I would say I 100% agree with that. And for the first time, I figured, you know, I'm in a place where I can use multiple parts of my life in a career and have some passion behind that. So after that, you know, I worked at, um, I worked at the Today Show and I was an associate commerce editor there. Um, And through that, and my previous experience, um, kind of, helped me move into my current role. Uh, I serve as a social media editor and also helping build the brand for um, a prominent on-air personality. 
And so through all of those experiences, you know, I've learned to work very closely with PR agencies. I've learned how to create really captivating commerce content. And I've really been able to see what the relationship is like between a publication or a media outlet and between a brand. Um, and it's just really a whole different world. Um, and so I hope that some of the information I can provide today will be helpful for your listeners. Definitely. I think it would be great if you could walk us through kind of the, the process from beginning to end. Like, how does it start mm-hmm. ideally? Like, how do you come up with like the concept and, and what does it look like behind the scenes to then when it's actually published or on the air? Yeah, yeah. so I think... First and foremost, you have to look at who your audience is. Um, This is very important when it comes to any sort of content you're producing, but especially important when you are featuring a brand, when you are working with commerce, because instead of just focusing on someone's age and, you know, their hobbies or interests, all of a sudden you also have to focus on their socioeconomic status, their buying habits, what their budget is. So you're getting a thorough view of, who your audience is. Um, And when you're working with numbers and you're working with revenue, you have to have a a good understanding of the people that will be reading your content. Um, I also feel like it's really important to focus on the environment that's going on around you. So for example, (laughs) when the pandemic hit back in March, um, it seems like it was five years ago now because time has been dragging on. But when the pandemic hit and we were used to producing fashion and beauty content primarily, all of a sudden people did not want to hear about the newest heel on the market or the trendiest bag. They wanted to know how to navigate life, having to stay at home or how they could go out safely. So then it was less about pitching, you know, these things that we were used to pitching that would be like frivolous sort of buys and it became a little more serious. So we wanted to take into consideration what the environment was going to be like and be very sensitive to what was going on politically in the news um, with your neighbors, you know, you, you just want to be very careful with that. However, with that being said, whenever you're working with environment, you also have to pay attention to that audience. So we would not pitch some sort of tech item that's a thousand dollar tech item that's super hard to use at home. We're going to pitch loungewear. We are going to pitch these masks that are both helpful and somewhat trendy, things that our audience would be used to seeing, but that would also meld into the current environment. Um, You know, from a PR perspective, I think it's very important to also pitch things that, you know, fit into that environment, fit into what you're currently seeing on that publisher's site, um, and also looking at trending things. So I worked with this awesome editor over at Today, and he was great at scouring the internet for the trending items on the market, um, whether that be on social media and what the young kids were buying or looking into tabloids and seeing what celebrities were wearing and kind of using those to fuel what people's buying habits might be. And so I think it's really important to look into that both as an editor and a writer and as somebody who is working on the publisher publisher of the brand site as well. So would you say that that would be um, maybe an example of um, if you're on the PR side or on the brand side and you're looking for trends, kind of mirroring what your editor, the editor used as the example of how that editor was spotting trends. So that would be some way that we could kind of supplement and work together. 
Exactly. So, so with the things I'm saying here and why I think this is important from um, understanding this from an editor's side is because as a, somebody who works in PR, you should be trying to think like the editor. Just like if I'm looking for, for a new product, I need to think as the, the person working in PR, I need to think like the person working for a brand. So you need to put yourself in someone else's shoes. So think about, you know, what sorts of uh, approach approaches that the editor is using. Go to the websites of the publisher, see what they're writing about, try to see a pattern somewhere. And, you know, my advice is if they are writing about things that are, you know, in the $10 to $50 range, don't come and pitch a $2,000 product because no matter how cool it is, like we need to prioritize what our audience is looking for. And while we'd like to help you out, um, that's can't always be the case. We have to make sure that, you know, we are prioritizing that trust and that honesty with our audience because when it comes down to it, although we are part salesperson and part editor, the editorial part is way more important than generating revenue because that was what was established first, you know? People are moving into e-commerce, but that does not mean that all of a sudden the numbers become more important. And so I think that's just like a really important thing to keep in mind is that you don't want to lose the audience you already have from focusing so much on the sales. So from the PR perspective, and when you are pitching editors, make sure that there's that story component, make sure that you're not just focusing on numbers, um, but just be aware of, of the perspective from the editor as well. And is every story, every story isn't necessarily related to, you know, some sort of an affiliate relationship. Mm -hmm. There are just the pure editorial types mm -hmm. of stories that run, but it, you know, we were just talking before we started the interview recording, mm -hmm. just how things have changed so much in the past, oh. you know, even, you know, two to five years and how, the, the lines are blurred between editorial and, you know, just say advertorial or the, the, the e-com side of things. Mm -hmm. And it, and it's okay because it's, you, you put it perfectly. How did you say it? That it's, um, we're not just doing the sales pitch, you know, on the advertising yeah. anymore. Mm -hmm. People are looking for, um, it really doesn't matter if it's sponsored content, as long as it's content yeah. they, they really are interested in and care about. Yeah. They, they want those genuine recommendations. You know, they, for example, there, oh, I'm working for a woman right now, and she has had a following for 25 plus years and has built this following. And we are just now diving very deep into the affiliate relationships. Um, and for those of you that don't know what affiliate is, an affiliate platform or an affiliate network, they're kind of like the middleman between the brand and the publisher. They help create this commission rate so that when a publisher does feature a product, they can earn a portion of the sales um, if that product is purchased from the site. So, um, so yeah, with the woman I'm working with right now, their, her audience is not used to seeing all these products featured. Um, and that is very important to keep in mind. You want to make sure that you are being honest with your recommendations, that you are coming from the perspective of um, your audience, you know, you want to put yourself in their shoes and say, okay, like if I'm looking at this and all of a sudden there's no commerce content and then all you're doing are gift guides, that, that, that's a red flag. You want to start by, by featuring just a couple products at once or really disclosing it up front um, so that there are no trust issues there. Yeah. So I, I'm actually kind of been dabbling in it this year too, myself mm -hmm. with, and with the, the buyer group. 
and we just did a holiday gift guide. Um, I don't know if you saw it or not, but it was, it, it's, it's kind of, um, it reminds me of the woman that you're, you're talking about, because I've really, I've had this audience, we've had an audience and we haven't really done anything like this. So I've been like really, you know, trying to be super sensitive and mindful to Mm -hmm. not making my audience feel like I'm all of a sudden just trying to sell them things. And I'm really Mm -hmm. being super careful. Everything that I'm recommending, I, I love, I've curated, I've been Mm -hmm. already using it for X amount of time and um, kind of vetted it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's on the professional side or um, on you know health and beauty side or whatever. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I definitely see the business model and I've been learning a lot about it and mm-hmm. studying a lot about it over the past year. And I, I feel like it really is like going to be a huge trend in 2021. Yeah. yeah and I think, um, you know, you and I were talking before about um, the importance of being genuine with these things and how people nowadays, they're not, they're not dumb. They're very aware that affiliate work is done through articles and is done through social media. So they're aware that that is there. Um, and it's very easy for people to see through that now. So you do want to come from a firsthand perspective. Um, and, and like you said, show the products that you've been using for a long period of time. Uh, if you're working from the PR side, again, make sure that that story is there. Um, and, and recognize the fact that you can't just go out and, and throw something in there and expect people not to think that it's a sales pitch. You really need to prioritize the editorial side. Can you recommend any um, sources or some favorite platforms that you're using on the affiliate side and just where our audience might be just learning, just starting from scratch? Yeah. So if you are a brand and you're looking to get into the affiliate space, you're obviously looking to generate revenue. You're looking to make money. Um, So it's not all about clicks anymore. It's about the dollar signs. And so first and foremost, you need to be on an affiliate platform. Um, Some things like Shop Your Likes or Like to Know It, they're very much social-based. They're easier to get on uh, as long as you have a decent following. Um, And then there are other ones like Skin Links, Rakuten, Share a Sale, Commission Junction. I could probably go on all day about how many are out there. And while they all have the same goal in mind of, of helping you generate revenue through your site, they all work very differently. So my recommendation is do your research. They have some awesome customer service and they are there to help you. So reach out to the customer service. You know, if you're very new to this, be honest. Say, you know, I'm just trying to start this out. Here's my product, here's my brand. How do you recommend approaching this? And since they are all very different, they will probably um, help you negotiate different rates, you know, tell you the best practices um, via their site. So something like Skim Links, uh, most any product that we featured was on skin links, but something like Rakuten, there needs to be a detailed business deal behind that to actually get a commission rate out of that. So again, they all work very differently. My recommendation is just to reach out to as many as possible uh, because there are so many out there and one might work better for, you know, a site like entrepreneur.com versus a site like uh, Bustle or something like that. And um, we were just actually working on a project that makes me think of this too, where it's an influencer program for one of our clients and the influencers um, are basically, you know, each one is a little bit different, but have different sets of um, kind of KPIs and responsibilities. And we're just looking into for 2021, switching them over to some sort of a, an affiliate platform where when, for every referral that they send, you know, they would get 
it, it's much easier to, to track and manage yes. with the with the commissions. Um, so you know that also you know ties in the whole influencer influencers you know and affiliate mm -hmm. marketing and even you know taking it to the from a public relations standpoint you know looking at influencers as they are basically like a set of the media now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they absolutely are. Um, it's a weird environment to be in, you know, I kind of kick myself and say, what only I was born a few years later, I could be in this space. Um, but it's really neat to see how influential these people are nowadays. It's not all about celebrities anymore. Um, these influencers have a huge impact on buying habits. And um, I'm not sure if you saw the other day, but Walmart did something with TikTok to all of a sudden sell clothing to kids that were on TikTok. And um, it's just, it's just really interesting to see, you know, how retail is evolving. It's not dying, it's evolving. And a lot of that is due to the influencer culture. Um, I mentioned this before when it comes to like the trust and making sure that your content fits well with your audience. Uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is because like when working for today um, or working for Business Insider, who I worked for before today, they weren't, as into influencers as some of these sites like Pop Sugar or like Marie Claire. So you wanna be very careful um, in the influencer space as well, because while it can flourish and it can be awesome for your brand, it can also hurt your brand. So you wanna make sure that the influencers that you're using still resonate with your audience. Yeah, any other tips with that? Because I think that that's a really good point to make um, just on the topic of influencers. If you are an influencer, maybe mm -hmm. tips to um, that they could take advantage more of the affiliate side of things and, and reaching their audience or helping brands reach, like maybe connecting influencers with brands and with the whole affiliate yeah. marketing side of things. Yeah, so um, I have always been a huge supporter of networking. You know, every job that, you know, I've gotten into, I've tried to network beforehand. Um, I've you know, focus on relationships in the office space over anything. And I think that's definitely helped. And I think influencers can use the same sort of method to really grow their presence online. Um, I would reach out to these editors of prominent publications or any sort of publication you would love to be featured in if it fits well with your brand um, and reach out to the editors there and first and foremost, be honest with them, say, you know, this is my following. I have no clue what I'm doing or like I, I am very established here. Be honest with where you are at and ask for advice because the best people to give your advice are the, are the people on the other side of the equation. So when I was, you know, looking for the newest products because I was trying to come up with pitches for the editor above me, I would reach out to PR agencies and say, okay, what is the best-selling product you've got right now? What sorts of um, things are new on the market? Like, please tell me more because I, I'm at a loss here. And I think just whether in the influencer space, whether in the PR space, whether in the editor space, reach out to your role models, reach out to the people that you want a relationship with. Um, so use LinkedIn. Uh, cold email, you know, that's still alive. You can still do that and ask for advice. And a lot of times what will come out of that advice is a better relationship, is a more established relationship. Um, and even if something doesn't work out at that point, you're on their radar. And that's extremely important. 
Yeah, that's, I love that advice. That that's awesome. So if you are pitching, let's say the Today Show or Business Insider, um, how do you know who to, who's the best person to pitch? Like who's getting the pitches? Are all levels of editorial or which is the, like how, if you don't know, how do you, how do you go about? Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll just give you a thorough understanding of pitching um, an editor in general. So a lot of times, uh, I mean, I would say you could pitch any sort of writer any level of editor. Um, I was an associate editor, so I had um, some level of influence. However, there were still people above me, still people you know below me. Um, but I would say anyone who is you know an author on um, on an article or any sort of editor you see can be a good person to pitch because the team they should they should be talking to one another. So I might receive a pitch and. I'm not great at writing celebrity content, so I pass it on to somebody else. Or, you know, when we're having a meeting, somebody could say, oh, like, I remember receiving this pitch. Like, do you think this would be a good idea? So anyone is fine to pitch. Um, I don't recommend interns because, you know, typically they're assigned things. Um, But anyone in the sort of, you know, editorial pyramid should be okay. Um, Directors are typically busy with a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Um, They are very busy. You know, I was busy as an associate editor, so Mm -hmm. I can't imagine kind of what they're going through. But I would receive, you know, 200 or so product pitches per day when I worked at my last publication. And so it's very important just to, you know, make your your pitch stand out. Um, And my first recommend... Pardon? Yeah, I would love tips on making the pitch stand out. We, I love like getting all these types of tips on the pitches, super important. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I get so many per day and, and I was so busy that I rarely had time to you know go grab lunch. And so I can't go through all of those pitches, unfortunately. And so first and foremost, you wanna make sure that that header is on point. You know, I've received a lot that say the best this, the new that, the trending this, those hold no value to me. Saying something is the best is so arbitrary that I will rarely even pay attention to it. So when you are pitching with just an email header and that's all somebody is seeing, I recommend using numbers, being very specific. So, you know, the second I see something that says like this $10 product with a 20,000 person wait list is finally back in stock. That is eye grabbing, that's attention grabbing and that deserves a click in my opinion. And so having that header is, you know, so important because I don't have time, you know, to dive into the body of an email. Um, But once you do grab that sort of attention from an editor or a writer, you do want to make sure that those emails are positioned correctly. Um, I, somebody's out there is going to shoot me for this, but I like pictures. You know, I like to see the picture of the product, a picture of the product being used, because my initial reaction to that gives me a better understanding of what my audience's reaction might be to that as well. Um, it gives me that sort of emotional connection to it and a, like a three-dimensional view that you wouldn't get just from the information in writing. You also wanna make sure, I mean, I always say there's the 20 second rule. You wanna make sure that when you are pitching a product that all the important information is at the top, right? I mean, I'm sure you've received some too that, there are so many details and I'd love to pay attention to those details, but it's not always possible. So tell me what the product is and tell me why I need it. 
And the 20 second rule is like, if we were standing face to face during non COVID times and you had 20 seconds to tell me about this product, that's what I want to see at the top of this article. And of course you can go into details later on. You can add those sorts of numbers. That's super, super important. Um, tell me that you know this product has been an Amazon bestseller for five years or that it sold out in just 20 minutes. Those are things that I can use in my article. And essentially, you know, it makes my job easier because I don't have to do all that research. Um, so adding those details is, is very important to help your product stand out. But when it comes to like the, the little details, like the fact that your, your manufacturing plant had some sort of issue or like the founder had this troubled childhood, I'm not saying those things aren't important, but if I choose to write about the product, then I will dive in and ask those sorts of questions. So straight to the point, um, make sure that you have some sort of visual, that, that sort of 3D perspective, the header has to be on point. Um, and this goes without saying, but make sure that the name is correct because the amount of pitches I've received, you know, with the insert editor here at oh, the top, no. I'm, sure, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, yes, right? Yeah, that's terrible. I, I honestly won't look any further. Um, and I recognize that mistakes happen. But like I said, when you receive that many pitches in a day, you want to make sure that um, everything is, is lined up correctly. Um, another important tip that I have that, that might be helpful for some brands or people working in PR is get to know the person that you want to write the article. So I've had people come to me and say, hey, like, recently read your article about this. It's awesome. Like, here's my product. And so that shows that, you know, they know something about me and that they actually care about the content that I produce. Uh, now, on the other hand, I receive a lot of pitches too that say, you know, I had this new bike and I saw that you wrote a roundup about all these new bikes. And I think mine would fit perfectly. I don't like to receive pitches about things that I've already written because I will rarely go back and add things in. Now, if you only have a bike, that's fine, but tell me new ways to write about it. What are some neat things about that bike? Maybe doing a roundup of affordable bikes that will keep parents' minds at ease during holiday season, something like that. Um, so, so get to know your editor and, and really just make sure that you have a unique perspective on your product. Yeah, I totally agree. There's um, a couple industries. So we have clients that are in the CBD industry, but okay. it's, it's hard, a little bit more of a challenge because we don't have the opportunity to even do like paid Facebook ads or, mm -hmm. you know, anything with Google because of the, the regulations right mm -hmm. now. And we've run into a couple of the same situations with even like pitching um, types of e-com situations where it's yeah. like, no, the, you know, like NBC is not allowing it. I don't know if NBC did or didn't, but mm -hmm. so do you have any suggestions or, you know, any insights on um, those types of products that are like, they really are health and wellness, but like yeah. just because of the blurriness right now in the industry? Exactly. No, I do have some advice there because I, I mean, with the prevalence of CBD nowadays, um, I get those pitches all the time. I continue to get those pitches to my personal email and it is hard because you still have people questioning, you know, the CBD industry in general. So this, this comes into play when, when you're talking about, you know, sexual wellness, when you're talking about um, CBD, when you're even talking about vitamins, because a lot of publications can't feature those things without 
a ton of research without actually talking to their legal department and clearing all that. And so that's a lot of um, work on the back end. And honestly, a lot of times that work is not worth it unless it's like some really hard hitting products that a bunch of celebrities are using. So I understand the frustration on the PR or brand side. Um, so my recommendation is if you don't see any of that content on a publication's website, don't try to push it. Eventually, maybe they will start to feature those things, but I would say do a Google search, try to figure out which publications are already writing about this, try to get in the door there. And once you can get in the door there and they actually produce articles based off of your product that might be somewhat controversial, then you can pitch the other publications that you were trying to get into before saying, hey, you know, this, this publication featured our product. And then be honest up front, say, I recognize that this may not work for you because of legal and standards sort of stuff. Um, and, and say that you're open to discussion as to how it, how you might be able to build a, a further relationship uh, that might not be, you know, a review article or something. Maybe it's in a roundup, but, um, but say you're open to, you know, learning more about how to get your product featured. Um, but yeah, I would say don't push it at first. Just, just try to try to do your research and see which publications are already featuring that sort of stuff. Yeah. Because I think at the end of the day, like just from the editor's um, point of view, it's just, going to be like an uphill battle to try to get something approved that's already kind of in a gray area versus really go to fight for it when there's so many other probably yeah. potential um, products out there that are legit and <laughs> not that CBD isn't legit but it's not yeah. there's not the red tape yeah. you have to go through and I would say you know if you've got this amazing product and it's just you're not able to get it featured anywhere don't drop it because I mean, half of the stuff that's featured nowadays would not have been featured 10 years ago. And so eventually, you know, you'll probably be able to move into that space. It just might take more time. So don't be frustrated up front. Just recognize that, you know, this is the current environment and it just might take a little more work on the back end. Yeah. And that's actually where influencers can come in and mm -hmm. kind of pick up the slack from where the mainstream media maybe isn't not there yet. The influencers yeah. can make their own decision. Um, but like you said, that could also impact like the influencers if they're representing CBD, then, you know, yeah. they have to balance it as well. Ex exactly. The influencers have to watch out for their own reputation and those featuring the influencers have to watch their reputation as well. Exactly. Exactly. So we've covered a lot. You told us things to look out for, things to do, what not to do. What about, um, you know, some tips um, when it comes to social media and leveraging social from a PR standpoint, anything that you're seeing trending and that we should be on the lookout for 2021? Yeah. Um, so one of the newest things that I've seen is the Instagram reels. I'm not sure if you're familiar with those, but it's kind of Instagram's way of incorporating TikTok into their platform. And, um, you know, it's, it seems a little weird at first, but this is like, you know, when Snapchat had these like stories you could use and then all of a sudden Instagram started doing stories and people were like, what, I don't wanna get into this. But now they're so common that, you know, people publish to those stories every single day. So try to get on these trends ahead of time. It might seem scary, but there are tons of resources online 
I love Google. Of course, you can go and you can figure out so much on there. I go to Pinterest a lot of times because you already see influencers on Pinterest, see what they're doing. A lot of people try to help each other out. So a bunch of these influencers out there, they recognize how tough it is, you know, to get onto your feet, to really establish a following. And there are a bunch of communities out there, whether that be Facebook groups, um, whether that be groups on LinkedIn, uh, whether that be through an email newsletter that you can find via Pinterest, try to get into those communities um, to understand, you know, what's trending, what's going to happen next. Um, but social is extremely important. You know, unfortunately, a lot of those publications that have been around for ages, um, they fell and crashed because they weren't willing to establish a social presence. Um, so recognize that social is not going to disappear, that it changes on a day-to-day. -day. So if something doesn't work today, it could work tomorrow. If something works today, you might need to pivot and change directions um, the next day, but you have to be very willing to adapt to the social environment. Definitely. When it comes, to, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Speaking of reels, I, I think that they were using reels. It might've been TikTok, but, um, the Today Show this past week, like they did this whole segment where um, Hoda and Carson and Savannah, they were like doing the, you know, snapping your fingers and changing the like Christmas yes, sweater yes. and everything. I'm like, they're on it, you know? And if, you know, that's just like one sign that like if, if ma mainstream media is doing it, then yeah. you need to be doing it as well. Like, no, exactly. Like no matter how, how jealous I am of these kids, you know, making millions of dollars on these social sites, pay attention to them because our, that Gen Z, they, they are on it. They know what's going to be coming up next. I'm an old millennial now. <laughs> I feel, I feel a lot older than, than I should, you know, just looking at, um, looking at how impactful, like a lot of these young influencers are, but, but pay attention to what the kids are talking about. Pay attention to what's being featured on some of these sites that are tailored towards a younger audience, uh, because, they are going to be the innovators. Mm -hmm. And it's not that, you know, that sort of innovation has to stay within that age bracket, but it's going to be where it starts. So really try to focus on, you know, that social environment. Um, Instagram is typically, you know, where it's at. They keep innovating, um, I, I swear, on a monthly basis. Uh, and so it's a great place to really see how the social trends are evolving. Yes. So one more question, um, mm -hmm. just on the subject of email and growing an email list, right. um, because that is critical. It might not be right now with Gen Z, but email mm -hmm. lists are very important and they're not going away. So any advice on if you know, you're trying to really ramp up your, your email list, maybe using yeah. social or any other channel? Yeah. So um, I had a blog before where I had like a newsletter for the blog. Um, and it was very difficult to get, to get people to sign up for that newsletter. And so I would start, you know, by getting people that you trust, people that you're close with to sign up for the newsletter, just to get you off the ground. Um, but also make sure that that newsletter is very connected to all your social accounts. If you've got a blog, very connected to your blog. See, the thing is, all these things should be very, very intertwined. So it's not like social lives by itself. It's not like the newsletter lives by itself and the blog doesn't live by itself either. They should all build off of each other. So if you have a blog article, you know, at the end of the article say, oh, and don't forget to sign up for my newsletter. Or in your social posts say, oh, make sure to go check out my blog. See, it's an entire web. And just make sure that you are using 
all of those platforms that you have in conjunction with one another um, to help build the presence from one to the next. Um, they shouldn't live by themselves. Um, and I get it, you know, some are harder to build than others and some are harder to uh, track than others when it comes to KPIs, like seeing page views on a blog doesn't mean as much to me as like engagement on social or something like that. Um, but you can look into one and be able to see how, you know, if you are, if you do have a strong presence on social, how maybe that can help you build the presence somewhere else. Uh, so just make sure that you're focusing on all of them and not letting, you know, one aspect of your entire brand um, kind of just go to waste because they're all extremely important. Megan, thank you so much for sharing all these social PR secrets. I'm definitely like taking mental notes and we're going to put the show notes with the, with the episode. So where can we follow you? Where's the best place to connect with you? And do you have anything coming up that we should know about or sign up for an email list or anything of that sort? Yeah, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm very busy with my current role, but I'm still keeping up with my blog. Um, it's Meg by the minute at, um, dot com, And you can just Google search that. And I've got some cool articles on there. You can find my social accounts on there as well. Um, but honestly, Lisa, this has just been such an experience for me too. I, I don't want to take the spotlight because you are doing some incredible things by really exposing people to the, the backend work that a lot of people do, all, the, all these secrets that can really help leverage people's brands or, or leverage PR companies. So it's been an honor to be here with you. Um, and I hope that a perspective of an editor can hopefully help a lot of people navigate the world of e-commerce, navigate social and navigate uh, the world of pitching. Thank you so much. Yeah, it is. It's hard to figure out if you're on the, the PR side, if you don't kind of take that extra kind of like hold your hand out to the other side and say, look, like we work together. Like what can, what advice can you give us? Because a yeah. lot of people don't, they just sit there and wonder and they do the, you know, hundred email insert first name yes. here type of thing and make that mistake. And I really appreciate everything that you've shared and hopefully we can continue to continue the conversation, maybe make another um, visit back to us in a few months and yeah. let us know the latest things that are going on. Absolutely. And if anyone does have any specific questions, I always love engaging with people um, and learning more about, you know, where everyone else is at. Uh, so I do have an email that they can reach me at. It's megbythemin at gmail.com. Um, and I would love just to connect with people. You've built such a strong network on here with some seriously influential people. Um, and I hope that we can all help each other out. Definitely. Well, thank you so much and happy new year. Happy new year to you as well. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, 
Go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.